Amen? Alright. Let's turn at this time to the book of Acts. Uh, Acts chapter 10. And you know that we are originally going through the book of um, Psalms. But uh, because so many things are happening, we have some special messages going. And then definitely uh, next week we'll be turning back to Psalms and heading right into that. But if you would turn with me again to, like I said, to Acts chapter 10, uh, there's something that the Lord has put upon my heart. Now, for those of you who know that, uh, for, for those of you who are guests here tonight, that you're maybe coming for your first time or you're just coming because normally you come only on a Wednesday night, welcome. God bless you, you know. For the last couple of weeks, we've been announcing, though, on Sunday morning that Wednesday night, this Wednesday, is going to be what we call our family meeting. And because we are the body of Christ and we're a church here, that we are extended family. It is amazing, one thing, too, that, um, you know, the early church, uh, the churches, as well as, you know, the synagogues were, were places that the, the, the really the, the families kind of designed their whole life around. And I thought about the church today and how, you know, it is kind of a blessing. They were talking about how, how in Israel they're blessed because they're seeing that the church in America is changing like that. The, the church is really a family. We design our lives around the church and the church activities. And because of that, we're an extended family of our own families. And at time to time, certain things happen within a family that you need to get, get together and have a meeting. Well, this Wednesday is one of those times that we have that we have called the last couple uh, weeks to say we're going to have a family meeting where we get together and just talk about things that are going on, the vision of the church, where it's going next. So uh, some of the things I'll share on will kind of be quite personal and some things uh, will be from my heart. So as I share, um, for those of you that's part of the family, hey, it's a family meeting. And for those of you who are joining here, guests, God bless you. You're so welcome. It's a blessing that you're with us. But let's pray again. Father, we thank you that as we study at this time out of Acts chapter 10, and then we also look at different other portions of scriptures, that you would speak to our hearts in a very powerful way. So, Lord, we pray that we as a church, as a family, that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us this evening, the church. So we commit this time to you, God. Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds to you. And Lord, fill us and bless us with a great understanding of your word. Empower this time. And we pray all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. As we pick up this portion of Scripture in Acts chapter 10, we're seeing very significant things that have been happening in the early church. We know that in earlier time that Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead, He has established the church, He has established the koinonia. As it continues to grow, different things are taking place within the church. So as we pick up this time in chapter 10, at an earlier time we see just recently that uh, Paul the Apostle, Saul, he has been transformed by the, the work of the Holy Spirit. A great conversion has happened. And as a result of that, the Word of God is just continuing to grow. We also know that it is recorded to us in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, as well as in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It tells us that the Holy Spirit says that, that, that He'll be poured out upon the believers and you will be my witnesses not only in Jerusalem but Judea, Samaria and the othermost parts of the earth. We've seen that the Word of God up to this point has been transforming lives. And also in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 it tells us that Jesus tells the disciples to go and make disciples all the men baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, just doing the work. 
And so as the Holy Spirit is doing the work, the ministry is taking place, the church is growing. We see the church extending from the point of Jerusalem, then into Judea, Samaria. But now we're seeing that it is truly going to be taken to the uttermost parts of the earth. And it begins by that taking place in uh, Acts chapter 10. So it picks up the story by saying this, Acts 10 verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Verse 7. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. So we see this portion of scripture beginning in chapter 10 by the Holy Spirit through the work of an angel speaking to a man who is in the area of Caesarea named Cornelius. Now throughout the scriptures... Every time a centurion is mentioned for us in scripture, he was a noble man. He was a devout man. Centurions were very important men. They were considered the backbone of the Roman army. The reason why the centurion was over a hundred men, he would lead by example as well as leading and training up his men. So every time the scriptures show us a a centurion, uh, for some reason we see that that he is a devout man and, 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 and the guys that are mentioned were seekers of God. So it is no difference for this man Cornelius where we see him in the area of Caesarea, which would be close to the water, close to the Mediterranean Sea, kind of a sea village there. It tells us that he sees a vision from the Lord and in a close nutshell the angel is telling him, look, there's a guy by the name of Peter. You need to go find him. He's in the area of Joppa. And over in that area, go see him, go talk to him. He needs to tell you something. So it tells us at this point that Cornelius does hear from the Lord and he acts upon what the Holy Spirit tells him to do. He goes forward with it. Then we begin in verse 9, it says this, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So it was about noontime as he went up to pray. Verse 10, Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open in an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And the voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice, in verse 15 says, spoke to him again a second time, 
what God has cleansed, you must not call or excuse me, call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. So at this point, the scene kind of switches at this point, and we see that Peter is in the area of Joppa, just like the angel said that Cornelius would find him. And it tells us that he is staying in a house by the name, the guy was Simon, also his name, Simon the Tanner. Now, if you know a little bit about the history of Simon the Tanner, for me, this is one of my most favorite portions of Scripture in the book of Acts, if not in the whole Bible, because something truly tremendous takes place. Here we see that Simon, who is already a Jew, we know that, he's staying in the home of a person who would be considered unclean. He was a tanner. He was a person who tanned skins. He dealt with dead animals. And because of that, a Jew was not allowed to be in that home. He would be considered unclean. But the Holy Spirit was already doing a work within Peter's heart, showing him that God is not a respecter of persons. He loves all. So it tells us about the time, noontime, the time normally when they would have time of prayer. Peter is no different and he spends time in prayer. Now, it could be because the house was very warm. It could be because also the house didn't smell very well. For whatever reason, he goes to the top of the roof and there he begins to meditate and spend some time in prayer. You could imagine it would be a very beautiful time for him. Being on the roof of the house, it would also be a very cool time for him because not only that, Joppa is located very close on the Mediterranean Sea and as the wind would be blowing like it always does near the coast, he would have this wonderful breeze as he would be able to spend some time seeking the Lord in prayer. Beautiful just view he would have from the rooftop from the city and not only of the, of the ocean view, but he would spend time in prayer. It tells us during this time, as he's up there, he gets hungry. Why? It's about noontime. It's the time when people eat lunch. He gets hungry at that time, and he falls into a trance. As he falls into this type of a trance, this vision, he sees a vision of this sheet that comes down. And on this sheet, when it opens up, there's all types of, of, of un, un, well, they would consider it unkosher, unhealthy animals, unclean animals. And there the, the voice of God says, hey, Peter, arise, kill and eat. He says, oh my goodness, no way, Lord, never have I eaten anything or ate anything unholy or unclean. I've been a devout Jew, do what is right, we're not to eat those type of things. Well, as a result of that, it tells us that the Lord speaks again and says, you know, what I have called or cleansed, let no man consider called it common or unholy. So he saw this vision three times. It was three times that he sees this, and he doesn't really understand the meaning or, the or really the understanding of the vision he sees from the Lord. Now, I believe that God will speak to our hearts very clearly. God will speak to you. He'll speak to you through His Word. He'll speak to you through others around you. But not only that, but sometimes God will give you a vision. God will give you pictures in your mind, or He'll give you a heart, and, and you'll feel an, a, a real desire from the Lord for some reason. You won't understand why. Now that's okay. That is okay. What you need to do is just continue to pray. Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to my heart? 
Not oftentimes, but every now and then the Lord will give me a vision. And like I shared with you when I was in Israel and we were taking communion the last day. And I had that vision of that pool of water and that channel. And then like I shared with you later, the Lord revealed it to me what it had to mean. And, we, and as I shared with you on Sunday morning, the encouragement for us is to dive into the things of God. And as we do that, God is going to channel us and lead us in the direction that He wants to go. But you can't be channeled by the Lord when you sit on the edge of the pool. The Lord is saying, dive into the things of God. Well, in this vision, he didn't understand what the Lord is saying. And like I said, that's okay. But you are called to pray and say, Lord, what are you saying to me as I seek you one day at a time? Lord, what are you saying to my heart? Lord, speak to my heart. Well, about that time, it says in verse 17 now. Pick up this portion in 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant... Behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nations of the Jews, was divinely instructed, was divinely instructed by the holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear the words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied them. So the, the angel, the, really the Lord, the Lord spoke to him and said, Look, there's guys who are waiting for you down there. I want you to go with them. He still doesn't understand the vision, what the Lord is saying. But he says, I want you to go with them. There's something I want you to do. Go with them. Don't have any reservations. Don't doubt. I have sent these guys to you. So Peter goes to the men. What's up, guys? What are you here for? Well, we're looking for Peter. Well, I'm him. Well, what's the deal? Well, Cornelius in Caesarea, located more northern in the area, the seacoast there, he would know the city, he would know the area. He's a devout man, he's a centurion. The Holy Spirit, God, his angel, has sent for you to come. So it tells us that in verse 23, okay, he's going to go. It's time for me to go. Verse 24, And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and he worshipped him. And Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. I'm just a man just like you. And he talked with them and went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for Jewish man to come keep company with or to go to one of another nation, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So he's beginning to understand the vision that God has given him. Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked them for what reason you have sent for me. So Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. 
Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded to you by God. So as he's there, he says, look, I know that God has sent me to be here. Here I am before you. God has shown me not to call any man unclean. Normally I wouldn't even come to a Gentile's home, but I'm here. Why am I here? Cornelius then begins to share his vision. Well, I saw this and the Lord showed me I was supposed to send for you. And here you are. You have come. I appreciate it. But now I'm here to hear from you. What do you have to say? Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ, He is the Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed through all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did in the land of the Jews and in the Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging him on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed, and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to, ju the, to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins. Remissions of sins. While Peter was still speaking, verse 44, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues magnifying God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as now we have, as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So here as the result of the Holy Spirit calling Peter to go down to Cornelius' house, then the vision of God began to be realized in his heart, began to be realized on what God wanted him there for. The Holy Spirit wanted to be poured out upon the Gentiles. And Peter was realizing that there is no distinction between uh, Jew or Gentile, but, but Jesus is Lord of all. And he wants to save all. Any who would call upon his name. There is no distinction. No longer are there the Jews who are the, just the special people. But God wants to reach out to the whole world. And as he's preaching this message, God's spirit falls upon them. And at that point, you know the rest as I read. They're baptized. They come into fellowship. And Peter then stays with them a few days as the Holy Spirit was leading him and guiding him. I look back. We have been a fellowship now as our church, the church here, our church. We've been here now for about 13 years. And God has done a great work. And I think that our later work 
and our work ahead of us will be greater than anything that we began. I think about how, you know, about six years ago, seven years ago, when uh, me and Pastor Pule first just stepped out in faith as we went to American Samoa and God sent us out and we began to do missions. But I thought it was very interesting that, that for me, as I was in Israel this last time, it really spoke to my heart, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and this is this, that before we went to American Samoa, for me, it began in Jerusalem. It began as my, you know, the trip that I took with me and Joanne. We went there and we were in Jerusalem and we were, we were able to go. And it was, a, it was a real blessed time for us as we went down at uh, uh, that time. And, and, and when I came back from Israel, God began a new work for me as I came back with my wife from Israel. And at that point, then we began to step out in faith as me and Pastor Pula went out to Okinawa, excuse me, American Samoa, and we began to take trips to American Samoa. And then as God began to open up doors and we began to take trips over to uh, uh, then Okinawa, Japan. And then as God began to move out different guys, he moved out Rick and then moved out Dion later. And then now, well, first of all, Pastor Gill moved out first. And then... We find out, you know, now we're, uh, we moved out Dylan and continue to pray for Dylan because he just stepped out in faith again too. They just started renting a building where they're going to have services on Wednesday night and Sunday night. So you continue to pray for him as, as Pastor Dylan steps out in faith. But as the Lord begins to speak to Cor- Cornelius and then he works upon the heart of, um, of, of Peter there and he steps out in faith God was giving him vision God was speaking to his heart and as he began to step out in faith uh, he began to realize that, that God gave him this vision and it was for a purpose it wasn't just something that he saw because he had you know some bad pizza or something you know and you know with me it's funny you know uh, sometimes like I said I get visions from the Lord or ideas from the Lord and sometimes I just get wacko ideas and, and I have wacko dreams and I have to think well is that a wacko dream or did I just have too many pepperoni pizzas the night before and sometimes I go oh, I had too much pizza or too much Chinese food or whatever right but there are sometimes that God will give you a vision and he speaks to your heart because he's preparing you for something and I think this is where it comes down full circle to myself as we begin to step out in faith and as I encourage different guys to step out in faith. And for many of you, you've stepped out in faith and you've been on different missions trips and you went out and did the work of the Lord because we stepped out in faith. And as Pastor Pula, I don't know how we talked him into it, but we talked him into going to American Samoa for two years and he was there and now he's back. And then also as Pastor Rick, we said, hey, why don't you go out and sell everything and leave. And so, you know, he went out and he stepped out and God's doing a great work. And we can go just on the, down the line for all, many of you young people, and even our young people are still out on the mission field, who took that step of faith and, and they're out there doing the Lord's work. So as I look at this, and as I begin to see how God began to just uh, uh, give me a vision back then, and I begin to pass on that vision to you, and as that vision was fulfilled, and as things were going on, uh, I look full circle to myself as the Lord was doing something, and He was preparing my heart for something. So let me share my heart with you, and don't tune me out, but just listen, 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 and then you can tune me out if you want, okay? But I want you to listen, okay? Listen with me. As God began to speak to my heart, and as He begins to 
bring me to the point where he gave me a vision for this church to go out and do ministry and start churches and fellowship and just to step out in faith and he prepared different men and women who have went out in the field and they're still out there right now I think it's very full circle for myself as the Lord I believe has given me this vision to set me up for something and I do believe this I believe that that it's now time for me to step out in faith it's now time for me to go out and to do a work that God uh, has already begun for this church now Back in January, a few months ago, I was at the missions conference and we were there with Pastor Rick and also Blen was there and we had different guys who were there with us and it was a blessing. But I'll never forget one message that Brian Broderson gave to us and he shared with us as pastors and he was speaking to us as pastors. He said, look, you guys who have been pastoring for some time have been doing a good job. You guys have been setting out your guys. You guys have been doing a great work. He says, but maybe it's time for you to now step out for a new work that God wants to do. And he shared the example as John Corson has stepped out, and he talked about even how Skip Heinzik has stepped out, and different other pastors that you would know of if you knew their, their, their names, but there's many of them that you don't know who have stepped out in faith and who have uh, started a new work now that God has... Um, called him uh, at one time to do so as uh, as he shared that heart it was like oh man lord what are you saying to me because my heart really le- leapt within me as i was thinking you know i do have a vision you guys know our, our church we don't have a vision for one one place um pastor uh chuck smith a long time ago in, in uh i think it was 98 uh, 97 98 99 somewhere around there he shared with us as Calvary Chapel churches. He said, you need to adopt a country. You need to adopt another Calvary Chapel somewhere around the world. And you need to have a vision uh, for that, that area. And back then I was like, wow, I'm blown away. Because we're already full swing into American Samoa. And that's what we're already doing. So I felt like we were already doing what the Lord has called us to do. And so I felt like we're in such a good place. We're right where we're supposed to be. But as time went on, we have not just had a vision for one country, but we have had a vision for a whole continent. And I believe that. I believe that this church has a vision for all of Asia. God has already opened the doors for us to already. We've gone into uh, Taiwan, and, and we have a vision now that God has opened the doors for the Philippines with us, and already mainland Japan, and then Okinawa, and also for my own heart that God has already spoken to my heart about Thailand and South Korea and different areas. We really have a vision of, of, of a continent, a continent of what God is doing. If you talk to some of the mission organizations out there, the, the vision and the, and the, and the ideas is, is, is out in Asia. They're saying, this is where God wants to pour out His Spirit, out in this area. And again, I'm going, wow, I'm just blown away. That's already where we're at. We're there. We're there. We're doing the work. God is speaking to our heart. We're right where I believe God wants us to be as a church. So as God continues to speak to our heart in the right place that we're at, my heart begins to continue to be stirred, and you guys already know that, that my heart has always been towards missions and sending our best out to continue to fulfill the Great Commission that tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So I ended up coming back, and I ended up talking to Joanna, and I spoke to her about my heart and what the Lord has been saying to us. And so as we talked, you know, it was full of grants. Joanna was full in agreement of, of us. It's time for us to step out now. So at that point, we begin to just really pray and say, Lord, exactly what you're saying to us and what are you saying to my heart and, and what is my heart? Now, 
I mean this with all my heart. I, I don't. I do not have a desire to pastor another church. Because how, how do you pastor? How how do you pastor after you've pastored the greatest church? I mean that. I mean that. How do you how do you have desire if you're at the pinnacle of what uh, you've always wanted or thought and the greatest people in the world? How, how do you beat that? Seriously. So my heart has never been to go out and pastor another church. But my heart has always been to train up leaders, train up pastors, train up missionaries, train up people to go out into the world and preach the gospel. And that's what I've been doing, especially the last five, six years. Hardcore, we've been doing that. Setting up, raising up leaders. You guys have been behind them financially as you supported the works that God has been doing. As a result of the works that you guys, well, the works that the Holy Spirit has been doing through you as we've been going out and preaching the gospel, we've seen a very powerful and much fruit that nobody has seen before. I want you to realize that. That what we're seeing taking place in Okinawa, Japan, has not happened before, except for way, maybe way back in the day when different missionaries were there, but they didn't even experience the things that we're seeing, the work of God that is happening right now in Okinawa. And especially as different people have, even I, I believe, prophesied and said that Okinawa will be the doorway. The guy wasn't Christian when he said that, but he said Okinawa is the doorway to the Orient. I believe that was prophetic. And we're beginning to see something really tremendous take place as we have sent our missionaries and sent up home base there. So as the Lord's been speaking to my heart, that I know that it's time for me to personally move on with my family and to go out and start a Bible college. To start a Bible college in Okinawa, Japan, and to raise up pastors and leaders to be sent out all over Asia. Now, um, you know, I, we've been praying about this for quite some time now. And uh, so I wanted to speak to another pastor and a seasoned pastor to see if I was just cracked, if I'm just crazy, what's going on. You know, a lot of pastors run because things are bad, but things are so good for us right now, guys. I believe that we're right at a point where God's going to do something incredible with this church, especially, you know, just even with the, the new building programs that we're doing and stuff. I mean, good things are happening. You could just feel it. I feel it. God's going to bust through here. Something's going to happen. Things are going great with us for our family right now. So it's not anything I'm trying to escape because things are going too wonderful around here. So I want to talk to Pastor Brian Broderson and say, look, Brian, what's going on? And, you know, maybe if, if you could tell me something, maybe I'm just feeling something weird. I'm just whatever. So I just shared my heart with them. And I this is about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I talked with Pastor Brian. And I said, look, Brian. Um, I've been here, we've been here about 13 years, everything is wonderful, things are going great, everything's wonderful with my family, everything's wonderful with the people, There's, you know, there, no one's giving me trouble at the church, just this is what we started and this is what the Lord's saying in my heart. And he said, Tom, um, when I was in Vista, it was about at 13 years, same time about you, that the Lord just began to speak to my heart and say, you know what, I, I just need to go, I need to go. And uh, so at that point, you guys might know, Pastor Brian went out into London and he started the Calvary Chapels there and started a great work there that's still continually going. And I just shared with him the vision that I have for Asia and the whole continent of Asia just to reach out. And he thought it was a really good vision, but not only that, but he said, you know, somehow the Lord has been stirring my heart for South Korea for some reason. It's like God's saying something. So we are on the same page on what the Lord is saying. God wants to do something. God is saying something. So he encouraged me just to continue to step out in faith. 
that this is what the Lord wants. And so, you know, I, I just know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the time for me and Joanna and our family to step out and to go and do what God has called us to do. Now, looking back at the vision of Cornelius and how he started the work and, and God just showed him the, the, what he needed to do and he needed to go step out. And when he got there, he began to realize, this is why. This is what the Lord is saying. And for me personally, I believe that the vision, just like uh, what Peter had and Cornelius had, as they begin to understand, as the Lord began to realize, this is why. The Lord has been speaking so hard and so brightly to his heart. I believe that the Lord has been preparing my heart personally for what he wants to do in the area of starting a Bible college. So me and my family will be moving to Okinawa and we'll be starting a Bible college in Okinawa. Again, like I've said already many times to you, to raise up pastors and leaders for the work that God wants to do. Now, Another thing, too, because of our lack of time, I wanted to share with you out of Acts chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. It says here, okay, and let me just point out something to you. That it says here that, first of all, Paul and Barnabas were, had a great work established in Antioch. They were there. The church was growing. Things were going wonderful there in the church during that time in Antioch. But then in chapter 13, verses 1 and 2 and 3, it tells us that as they were praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I have for them to do. First of all, realize that it was the work that the Holy Spirit had for them to do. And it says in verse 3, Then having prayed, fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. You know, um, we have sent everyone out of this church. And, and, and praise God, I really believe that we have done a great job to continually to support them. Financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, we have been there. We have been there for them. We have supported the work that they have done. And we've done a good job. What I need from you guys is I need you just to send me out. You... I need you to release me. I need you to let me go. Okay? Because I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave here. I want to be sent out from here. This is my home church. This is my home church. Okay? I, my family needs to be released. We need to be sent out. Just like all the others. Uh, we need to be sent out. Just like the Holy Spirit sent out these guys, we do not want to leave. We are not leaving. Even though we'll use that word, I'll even use that word, we are leaving. We need to leave. But really correctly, we need to be sent out. Now, I've already spoken to some of the church leadership, and, and I've already spoken to the pastors like uh, Dylan and Gil and Dion, and I've spoken to Rick, and I've spoken to them, and they are full in agreement of what's happening, too. They, they believe that this is God's time. They're, they're blown away like we are, too, but, but they know it's time. So we need to be sent out. We need you guys to release us. Now, the other thing you might be thinking the more more important things okay well what about the church what about what's going to happen well i firmly believe with all my heart as the holy spirit has already revealed to me and showed me that pastor jerry is to take over the church take over from this point on now i need to be released for a season for 2 years okay now 
it might happen and truly I believe with all my heart like I've already shared something's already happening here and it's going to bust out and I believe that Jerry is going to take us into that next place the Holy Spirit's going to use him just like if you might want to use the analogy Pastor Rick was using the analogy before me as you know kind of Moses and then next you had Joshua as he continued on I really believe that Jerry's going to take the church through the power of the Holy Spirit to the next step guy is incredibly gifted, incredibly anointed with God's Holy Spirit. The guy can teach wonderful, if you guys already know and experience it. Not only that, but you guys need to realize that Jerry has a special place in this church too. Ever since he was 13 years old, I'd go and pick him up and he helped me fix, fix fences, clean the toilets. God has really raised him up from a young boy in this ministry to the point where he's anointed him as a powerful man of God. Now, I believe that he's called to come and continue on the work that we already began here. One reason why I believe, too, is that he will continue on with the vision that God has given us. Of course, Jerry's going to have different areas, and God's going to just be leading him and speaking to him in different areas. But I believe that the koinonia that all of our churches have already, the different ones that we sent out, will just be a stronger koinonia. And God has called him and prepared him for such a time as this. I want to submit and sit under him as my pastor as well. The guy is anointed. He's anointed with God's Holy Spirit. So I believe that. And so with that reason, you know, me and Joanna, everything that we have we believe that it belongs to God and everything that we have is because of the Lord and because of the, the ministry that God has raised up here. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be moving out of our home and Jerry's going to be moving into our home and we're just leaving everything behind him. All of our furniture, everything that we have, we're leaving it behind for him because he's, I mean, it's for the next pastor and he's the next pastor. And so the only thing is we're going to be selling our cars and stuff like that, but that's the only. But everything else that we're just leaving behind, uh, that he would just continue on and he'll live in the, the house that was my father-in-law's. And you guys all know how special that house is to us because that is not our house. That's my father-in-law's house. And when he was alive, he was a man who was dedicated to ministry. And he always used his house for ministry. And ever since we took over that house, you guys already know, I always talk about Mr. Sandoval's house. The house was dedicated to ministry. And because of that, that house is not my house house but that house is dedicated to ministry so as we have always lived there and and done ministry the next pastor will live there and do ministry because that that's just the the place it's it's the lord's house it's not our house and because of that we believe that god wants to do a great work but again jerry will continue on that vision that we have already started and the lord started here as a church as we continue to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, because of us being sent out, <clears throat> again, we are an extension of this church. Again, this is our home church. This is our home fellowship. And we will go on and we'll start a Bible college and start a work and raise up men and women to go out and to preach the gospel. Always coming home to this place. Always coming home. This is our home. You guys are our family. This is home church. No matter what happens, this is home church for us. This is home base for us and so with that as, as, as Jerry continues to go on let me say this again two years from now passes it might come a point where at that point the church is just doing so wonderful and the church is growing and Jerry is growing with you as a pastor and he, God is doing such a wonderful work that that will be quite evident that I'll even if I won't even want to come back you won't let me come back because God is doing such a great work 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever the Lord wants to do. It blew me away that other men of God also did what I'm asking you to allow me to do. Uh, D.L. Moody, which I didn't know that, but as I read his biography, uh, he left his church in Chicago to go out and do a work overseas. And he was gone for two years. And God did a fabulous work out there. And then he ended up coming back. And God did a great work while he was gone. Now, if that's the case for my family, so be it. If it's not the case and God is going and doing a different direction here, then so be it. Whatever the Lord wants. But he'll continue to do his work and his will. Now, you know, when will this all take place? Well, uh, you guys know that Jerry is on his honeymoon right now. When he comes back, things will begin to change right away. Things will happen. Uh, so graciously, we're so blessed that we'll be moving out of our house in less than about a week and a half. And then Cisco and Mika graciously open up their home to us. Remember, they've, they had their, the boys' home. Remember the boys' home? All the boys were living and all the 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 decrepit boys and the criminals were living in their house. No, I'm just joking. That's not true. Except for Mario, huh? No, I'm messing around. Um, all, the, all the guys used to live downstairs. They live upstairs. But um, now Jerry is the last one who has moved out. And it just is God's wonderful timing. And Cisco and Mika graciously allowed us to move into their home until we actually leave. Now, we're looking at some time, a tentative time somewhere around July that we'll move. But um, we're looking to come back uh, um, in January, uh, about Christmas time, and, and with the family. And there's also the missions conference. And then always in, in, um, in May we'll be back, too, because of the pastor's conference. And, and then also uh, my heart, too, is to bring different teams down here and to do evangelism down here in America. You know, the thing is that Peter realized, as he realized, God is not a respecter of persons, that if any man will call upon the name of the Lord, he'll be saved. So it's not just about the American Christians, but it is about the Asian Christians and about the Christians in South America and the rest of the world. I mean, God is not a respecter of persons. So we believe that God wants to do wonderful things as we raise up people and and send them out into ministry. And so you need to continue to just pray for us and join in prayer as the Lord uh, just does a a new work. you know, I, I would hate to do this, but I, I think I would like to, um, you know, because I might be opening too big of a can of worms. But, uh, you know, I, w- I would, I, I guess I would give that opportunity. If anyone just had any couple questions before.